up, guys? Our wrestling podcast back at you with another episode. This is Dave Bishop involved with Jess, the Total Package, and Craig, the British Bulldog, bringing you our perspective on the world of professional wrestling. No inside sources, no ties to the industry, just stories from diehards sharing opinions with you. Can someone feed me today's topic? Dave, Ad, we're doing Royal Rumble ni- or two, 19, I'm going to say 1993. Royal Rumble 2003. Royal Rumble 2003. For all of you that didn't pick that up, for some reason, we said 93. And I was like, what? I watched the wrong Royal Rumble again? Yeah. And David, David had no. a bit of a meltdown before we started to hit record. He I, called me. I, I like, said the wrong no. Unacceptable. Um, yeah, we are talking about Royal Rumble 2003. Uh, one of the best Royal Rumbles out there is what we hear, um, especially with the matches before the Royal Rumble. We will get into it. But... For audio fans, give us a listen on Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and Google Podcast, or watch our videos on YouTube at Our Wrestling Channel. On social media, can you do us a solid and give us a follow on Instagram or Twitter at OWP2019 or on Facebook slash Meta at Our Wrestling Podcast. Jess, why did you pick Royal Rumble 2003 today I don't to know. review? I don't know. Um, I actually, I was going to do... 2002, because it's when this airs, which is January, uh, it'll be the 20 year anniversary. And then I just stopped and I was like, I think I just want to do a three. And then so I just did a three. I just chose a three. Just so did a three. This is 19 years old. This Royal Rumble. 19. 19 years old. And it's actually on January 19th of 2003. <laughs> and <laughs> 19. <laughs> Uh, at the Fleet Center, Boston, Massachusetts, uh, 15,338 in attendance. It had a 585,000 buy rate. Um, it was the first Royal Rumble under the brand split. We have JR and Kang um, announcing along with Taz and Michael Cole. We had Raw and SmackDown announcers on each side. And as always, the lovely Howard Finkel is announcing these matches. Um, What's going on on the other side of the Some world? Some might say this is the beginning nothing. of the ruthless attitude, a uh, ruthless aggression. Whoa! Era. This Whoa. Uh, ruthless aggression era kind of started in 03. I feel like in late 01 and 2002, they struggled to figure out what that looked like for them because they tried the invasion angle, it flopped. And then they bring Hogan Hall and Ash in, and Hogan was successful for a while, but the NWO flopped. And like, I think they really struggled at the end of 01 and all of 02. To really figure out what their voice was. And then Lesnar comes along, wins a title at SummerSlam 02, and then kind of starts. Then they realize they had something hot with him. They turn him face at the very end of 02, I want to say. And uh, and then so now it just, this seems more, again, this to me, this more defines the Ruthless Aggression era. Like this is, they start really blossoming here with the talent. They started understanding the brand split, how to write for it, how to do things. They had like a, a separate writer for Raw, a separate writer for SmackDown, which at this time I want to say is Paul Heyman. Paul um, Heyman's so, uh, uh, running SmackDown. Yes, yeah, absolutely. so you could really see the difference, and there's a, there was a glaring difference between the two. Brian Gortz, uh was writing for Raw, and he was very good. I don't think he gets the credit for that he deserves. It's just that Raw became the Triple H land, and if you don't like Triple H and his politics, you got mad. <laughs> <laughs> and then, but if you turned over to Raw or SmackDown, excuse me, I'm fucked up right now. I don't know why. I'm gonna. I don't mean that by being drunk. I just keep saying the wrong shit. Um, but uh, if you go over to SmackDown, you have Kurt Angle, you have the fresh Brock Lesnar, 
You have like Paul Heyman, who's writing for SmackDown as well. You have a making, refresh big show. Yeah. yeah, you have the uh, world's greatest tag team, which was Team Angle. You have all kinds of shit here, like just Eddie Guerrero, uh, Edge. Mm-hmm. You have all, you know, just this Benoit, SmackDown yeah. was so, Benoit, SmackDown was so number one here, even though they always catered to Raw. SmackDown was the best brand. It was the best show on TV yeah. in the term of wrestling at this moment. Yeah. And we and all by knew far. it. You know, Friday Night SmackDown was the kick. If you think Raw it is like now, which a, a lot of people today in 2021 slash 2022 uh, say that SmackDown's a better show now. And I will agree with you. But if you think SmackDown now is better, it was quadruple baboople better, like back in 03, <laughs> like than, than yeah. Raw. It was so The quintuples. Better. Let's get into match number one. This is Big Show versus Brock for what we were told was position number 30. We will be told something different down the line, but re- they're literally wrestling for the the highest number in the Royal Rumble to have the highest advantage in the Royal Rumble, which is a pretty cool way to kick off a Royal Rumble pay-per-view, is it not? Um, good stuff. I... I <clears throat> The suplexes Brock is pulling off here in the beginning is absolutely amazing work. Big Show is legit 500 plus here. Nobody disagrees, right? Um, go back and watch this match and watch the actual strength of Brock Lesnar. I don't see Big Show jumping too much here, and I see Brock using raw power to literally bring Big Show up and do some amazing work. Um, Big Show throws Brock over the top, and the way Brock hits the apron, I thought he was going to die. Do you remember that? Yes. He threw him like almost on yeah. his shoulder and his uh, head. Like a choke slam from the inside outside yes. and the spot hitting his shoulder but he on hit, the... He yeah. hit awkwardly on the apron on the outside, which is never a good sign. And I just love this great set with Heyman almost getting the F5 and then have show come in and, and choke slam Brock. But Brock still wins with an F5. And the only way I can describe this is when you go back and watch it, just listen to the crowd here. Listen to what the crowd is so hungry for. They're hungry for Brock to get over so badly, and it happens. The crowd erupts. It's a great opening match, and I give it a B plus. It's absolutely crazy. Uh, what do you guys think? Uh, yeah. So the, a little backstory here too. Uh, Paul sure. Heyman turned on Lesnar very shortly yes. before this and sided with the Big Show. So Lesnar was right in the beginning of his first he- uh, face run, and uh, yeah, the, the match was only six minutes and fifteen seconds, but it every it every move was like a nuclear bomb, and uh, <laughs> yeah. I loved it. And the F the yeah. F five was fucking amazing. And uh, I mean, every time he grabbed the big show, everyone knew like the end of this match is going to be him either trying to get the F five on him or getting it on him, and he got it. And uh, I gave it a B plus as well. I thought it was a great opener. Nice. I only give it a B plus A in the context of this pay per view because I think A's are for other matches. But um, but like it, this was a really good opening match and kind of ballsy to open it up. I mean, but it showed that Lesnar could carry it. You know that okay, he won this match. Now he's going to be at this point number thirty in the Rumble. But you're thinking like, ah, oh, if he's going to get number thirty, there's no drama in that. Like, but you find out later that it worked out perfect. But uh, this was a great opening match. Go ahead, Greg. Yeah. Yeah, a solid B. 
Um, they worked well. To, they worked well together. Um, Big Show uh, looks stronger than he had in a while to me. Um, and I, I thought mm-hmm. they clash a big man and the way Brock had kind of thrown him around, but still kind of show some respect to each other. Like it was a fun little opener. It was good. We talk about big man on big man matches that are very, very horrible to watch. And these guys were not that. And I think it's a credit to Heyman to get to get in the race. Hey, we don't need that much out of you. We need five, six minutes. But if you hit everything, yeah. the crowd's going to lose their mind. And it absolutely did. And it was, it was, yeah, the, absolutely I mean, loved it. Brock's body and to, to, for a show to kind of let or whatever, like Brock was not afraid to throw show around too. So the fact they're just beating the shit out of each other and throwing, like throwing them both in Germans and suplexes and mm-hmm. that spot in the out inside to outside the ring that could have killed Brock and probably did. And he was young enough to take it and allow it. Like it was great. Like, so I also good. like that uh, Big Show was wearing his Jeff Hardy pants. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair That's enough, right. We have a brief interview with Chris Jericho interviewing about him being number two in the Rumble with uh, Terry Runnels, which uh, nobody can disagree with. You can't disagree with Terry. She's She just say yes, man. Match number two, the Dudley Boys versus uh, Regal and Lance Storm for the Tag Team Championships. Uh I, this is my notes. I just said great tag work in the beginning. There's just they're just working really well overall, but the crowd really needed a break from the first match, and this kind of provided it. I think it was better than the second match coming off. They probably could have had this match run a little later and maybe have a little bit more influence from the crowd. Um, I don't know what it is about Bubba when he gets that hit tag. You know when he's when he's on the tag to to kind of re you know to come in and take over. Um, it's it's like that that face tag, right? When he finally gets the tag, hot and he tag. just goes off. There, no, thank you. I, I wrote hit tag, and I, I think I meant to write hot tag. And these notes are from a week ago, so thank you, Jess. The hot tag is great by Bubba every single time, and he when he does a hot tag, it doesn't go for like two minutes. It goes for about six. Am I am I wrong on that? Um, Bubba's Bubba had the ability to be that agile and be that large and have that kind of wind. That I don't think anybody understood. He shouldn't be able to do that. I don't know if that makes sense. But Bubba could go for a long ways on the hot tag and keep the crowd into it. So when the hot tag comes in, the crowd's already back into it. Um, it is kind of a weird finish. Regal had the brass knuckles, but he got 3D'd. And then Devon got a hold of the brass knuckles and he hit Storm with them for the 1, 2, 3. Because- Because of the weird finish, I give it a B minus, but I was entertained. There were no tables, but it was they had to take the tag titles back, right? So you couldn't really have tables in that match. There was no, it wasn't a, uh, it wasn't like a no rules or you know kind of match. So there were no tables, but it was fun. I give it a B minus. Yeah, Lance and uh, William Regal were the defending champions coming in here, so the Dudleys yes. win the tag titles here, um, and I, you know. It was fine, and I, it wasn't bad at all. I give it. It a, was fine. I, I give it a C plus. I I wasn't like overly impressed by it or anything like that. And I don't mean that to be. It was designed for the Dudleys to get over. They got over. 
they win the match, the crowd popped or whatever. Solid T plus. Yeah, yeah give it a B minus. It was fun to see Regal again. Like what a bump machine. And they're just complete pros, technical pros. Even Lance was fun. I actually forgot these guys tagged um, and brought in the flags. And I think they won the titles back the next night on Raw, by the way. So this is just a one-night pop for the Dudleys. Oh, that's fair. Um, and I also love, I think Devon is in great shape. And I love Devon's like um, green and yellow camo pants that he's got. <laughs> and Devon's completely underrated. Like, it was just fun to see this yeah. mix, of, mix of styles. Yeah. Um, it, it was fun. Um, yeah. I, I think we totally uh abuse the fact that we were around regal all that time and we didn't realize how good he was when we were like when we were younger we we respect it more now um so absolutely then we get into something that we don't respect at all which is a nathan jones promo i just oh. wrote bleh it's not even a promo it's a uh i guess it is a promo or it's like a a, a vignette a vignette yeah to, it's a vignette about, promo yeah. and it's just yeah sorry nathan jones uh, was that a legit fans. i'm gonna sound like a complete mark here was that a legit like um, voiceover from Australia that he was in prison or whatever on the news. Or was it all just manufactured or whatever from a convict I think he was, in Australia? Was, I question. could be wrong. I could be wrong. I think he was. I think that was the appeal to him. He was massive and he had that. Background. He was definitely in prison, but I don't know if those reporters were real or yeah. not. To your point, Greg. Yeah. Okay. It's a good question. It I kind of worked thing. on me. I know he was a complete flop, one of the worst flops in the history of launches, but so that bad. little promo did its job for me. Knowing a bit of the history, I leaned in. I actually yeah. started to fast forward because I thought it was a commercial, which you can't fast forward. <laughs> but I was <laughs> like, kind of was. And I was like, oh, okay. Was, I, was, I kind of leaned in a little bit. Was but, a commercial for a future failure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, match number three. I, I'm going to preface this by saying that I this this is never the lady's fault. When we talk about these matches, this is what they were dealt with. This is what they had to break through. I want to make sure it's very clear. But this Dom Marie versus Tori Wilson match, it it angers me. It reminds <laughs> me so much of an ECW storyline, and ironically, Heyman writes for SmackDown at this point. So, so this is what they were just getting. yeah, it was a whole like you know Don Marie was married to Tori's dad, There's yeah, a huge age. Difference. And was that really Tori's dad? That's my question. Or is that an I, actor? I think it was an actor. I don't know okay. if it was his. It might it might have been a real dad. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. But that's what I wrote. Is that Tori's dad for reals? I don't know. And uh, so basically, the storyline as, as they play into it, uh, Don Marie basically humps Tori's dad to death. Hell yeah. If we're being real about it. I mean, that's what happens, right? It was some, some edgy angle. Edgy Jerry Springer angles. This They were going to get crazy, right? That's what they talked about before they won the wars. And this is about as crazy as it gets. He dies by basically, you know, having a um, wife that is too much for him. And then they have a fight at the funeral. And they knock the coffin down. I mean, like, it's just so disgraceful of any real life moment that you could ever possibly imagine. Like th if that happens in a real funeral, I don't, I don't want to know those people. I really don't. I don't want to know. And, who and you I are. hate to say it. Uh, we say it a lot and I don't want to spend a lot of time on this because sure. it's stupid, but this was at the tail end of the attitude era. So they're still trying to go for shock. And then on top of that, you have the creator of ECW writing SmackDown and in Paul Heyman's defense, I'm I'm guessing that this is his reasoning, <clears throat> knowing that women that they're not wrestlers, especially um, uh, D uh, Don Marie was not really a pro wrestler. Um, he just tried to write an ECW style storyline to shock you, 
and it kind of mirrored the Attitude Era. So I think that's why Heyman did this. Uh, and I mean that as a defense towards Heyman because he was kind of thinking, well, if women wrestlers aren't taken seriously anyway, and we don't really have any qualified wrestlers per se, like in these divisions, then I got to have some kind of juicy storyline. That's that's my so, best explanation as to why he did it. Um, do you want to know what the best part of this match was? Uh, Only because my wife couldn't stop laughing when when Don Marie comes down to the ring. She's wearing like what looks to a be veil. like something you, a, a veil, veil yeah. but it looks like something you clean your glasses with. Oh yeah, and, yeah. and no joke. I wrote this. My wife can't stop laughing. I'm like, what is she wearing? And my wife was watching it with me, and she was laughing for like five minutes on this veil. She's like, is that something she got out of her car that she cleans her sunglasses with? And she just kind of like pinned it to her head. Yeah, it's bad. And, and it's really bad. And then at that point, it's just a bunch of slaps to the face and kicks. And then there was tons of flubs at the end. And just some weird roll up with, with the, it, it's kind of like just a neck breaker that Tori gives and pins her. I gave it a D and I think that's being generous, Jess. You know, it's funny that you say that. I gave it a D originally, but I turned it into a minus right before we hit record. Because uh, <laughs> I should have given it an F. But I, I look, I really believe that Heyman was just like, look, I just going to try to make it ECW-esque with these guys, with this edgy storyline, which would have worked in ECW because it was tongue in cheek in ECW. So when they did stuff like this in ECW, the crowd popped all, you know, thousand of them or whoever was there. And uh, like, it just, it, it was the rabid fan base. They got the tongue in cheek. Oh yeah. You're smutty on purpose. This is, this is Jerry Springer E on purpose. When WWF, yeah. like after the attitude, era, after the attitude point, yeah. ended and all that stuff, I think wrestling fans were like, all right, that's all done. So we want more stuff. We want better wrestling and better product. And this well, it just, just doesn't. It doesn't yeah. age well. So I've went, went on too long about it. D minus, quite correct. I think that you guys are wrong. I think this is ahead of its time. <laughs> uh, I mean, if it's the 2003, uh, more be 19 years later, and stepmom, stepdaughter kind of angles are all over the place on on the internet. <laughs> well, so. what I would say is like if you watch if you watch soaps, Craig, yeah, that's standard issue, right? Oh yeah, yeah. like Days of Our Lives. Yeah. It's a soap opera, so, pal. Pal, hey pal. But I thought the promo and vignette, uh, the the package was good, and I'd forgotten they, they about. They did this. a good job with it. I'm not the match lie. was yeah. the match was awful. But they, you know, what, what are you going to do? Making chicken salad out of chicken shit, as Jerry Jarrett used to say, and they still didn't really make a very good salad out of it. And so yeah, it was it was bad. But well, whatever. As uh, as brother would say, the bell has to ring eventually, right? Yeah, and yeah, it sure did. It sure did. All right, move on um, from the shit. Here we go. Um, Stephanie McMahon and Eric Bischoff continue their flirt session. And I was talking to my wife about this. I said, you know, they made out like a few times. And she's like, oh, my God, are you serious? I said, yeah. And I'm pretty sure Vince just did it to see if. No, yeah. Vince it. was a director of the segment. You're absolutely he right. He directed all those segments yep. where he's like, he's like and, and Eric would have to go to Vince and say, you, I mean, I'm just going to kiss her. Right? He's like, no, I want you to really stick your tongue in there. Like, And he would go to Stephanie. Like, are you sure? And she's like, it's fine. When and he it, kissed, when Eric kissed Linda as well, Vince was the director. <laughs> I love <laughs> it. I just feel like he's trying ah. to torture him and, and almost like I'm going to get him to refuse to do it so I can fire him again. 
So right. Eric's like, no, I, I'll do it. I just want to make sure I'm not overstepping any bounds here. You want me to go for it? I need another take. It. I need another take. I need another yeah. take. But one more. But they didn't. They didn't do that here. They just kind of compare what their announcements were going to be on SmackDown, and you can see there's a flirtation there. Um, yeah. It's it's a little, a little gross. Total um, normal family, completely healthy. Move on. I, I'll tell you what. I'm sorry about. I'm sorry about match number four: Triple H versus Steiner for the Raw yeah. Title. So Dave, I need you to be quiet for a minute. So okay. this. <laughs> So you need to stop. So uh, Triple H, the reigning world heavyweight champion, defends the title against Scott Steiner. This Mm -hmm. self-indulgent piece of shit, 17 minutes long. What the fuck are you doing? The only better place for this match to be on the card was after after the next match that we're going to talk about because it would make it look even worse than it fucking was. This fucking trash match. What business do you have bringing Scott Steiner, who everybody knows in the industry by this point, is getting over the hill, is not the Scott Steiner of 89, 90 that we saw. He can't even feel his right foot, I believe. No, he's fucked up. His whole back is fucked up up and his hips is fucked up. But so Triple H wants to have a 17 fucking minute match with him because he thinks because he thinks he's Kurt Angle and Benoit and he's not. So he fucking has him out there. He brings fucking, because I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to bring Scott Steiner and have a great match with him and show everybody. How did that fucking work out for you, fuck nut? Not well. Like, yeah, it's ridiculous. I hate this match. And it, uh, it was part of Just as Bad Match Review, and it's a pile of shit match. I forgot and, about that. Yeah. <laughs> and I will say. Sorry, I already know how he's going to I will say going back and watching it, it wasn't as bad as the F I wanted to give it. So no. I gave it a D First minus. Half was okay. Yeah. Because yeah. they were safely feeling each other out. But a D minus. Steiner dropped him on so much shit. They fucked up a neck breaker. Like it was just a pile of fucking shit. D minus. Only reason why I don't give it an F is because I rewatched it and I was like, you know what? I, I can't give it an F. I'm going to give it a D minus. It's a pile of shit. And I literally like a, said bad match, bad ending, DQ with the Steiner recliner, blah, yeah, blah, Oh, blah. and it was a DQ. It's an F. What am I talking about? Oh, it's an F. Fuck that I shit. Feel bad. I, I feel terrible. I gave it a C minus. I guess I was feeling gracious when I, when I watched it. Whoa. I gave it a C minus, and now I feel like that was too good. It's a pile of garbage. <laughs> it was too good. It's a pile of shit. And Triple H, I don't know what he was fucking trying for here. I don't know why he thought this would be good. Uh, uh, Craig, well, there's there's rumors it? that like Triple H kind of sandbagged him, right? But I don't, I didn't see any evidence. Why would of you that. do that on a pay per view for the world champion? Did yeah, Ric Flair ever sandbag anybody when he was I mean, world champion? No, he, he didn't no. need to sandbag. It's like, I mean, it's guy Steiner not saying, yeah, maybe I shouldn't go 18 minutes, and I don't have what it takes to kind of keep up with kind of this or advocating for his, his weaknesses. Why would you have a 17 just, minute match with Scott he was, Steiner? He was, he was falling out of the ring by himself. He was just not, he was just a shell and it was that's almost right, he a bit, slipped this, on the outside. Oh, that's right. He fell on his ass on the outside, just walking. Oh my God. This is no, just, it was, um, it's kind of the end still, of, of the myth of Steiner almost. It was very sad, but you know even, what? Not even the myth. Well, because what, it was covered was. in WCW because he was injured in WCW, but here, at least he had leg definition. Here he had chicken legs. This was fucking. Yeah, you can. I told my wife was to send that. Two like, years after. Were, yeah. Yeah, there's no injured. leg day here. Yeah. But he was but, injured and, and he was over fucking, like, whatever, growth hormone or steroid. Come on, let's be honest. Fucking Steiner. Right. Like, fucking. But, but with the politics gonna... backstage, would you would you be surprised if you heard that this was like, 
this this will put him in his place. Like, there's no way he can keep up. We're going to test him, and he's going to. I would not be surprised, but I would also be like, well, I mean, I guess they're the only show in town, so they could do what they want. But I'd be like, why the fuck would you do that on pay? Why would you do that on pay per view? Why would you do that? Because because you're the king. I guess. And why the first match after a fucking layoff? Why the fuck would you bring him in the promotion and give him a world title fucking shot? Like, and then put do a 17 minute match on a one of their top four pay per views. What the? I'm sorry, I'm cutting Dave off a bunch of times. I don't fucking oh, care. No, no, no. I, like it, you're telling it better than I could. I'm, I'm mad, like I would be at Michael's. Like this is this is on paper a fucking dream match, and it just was an absolute disaster. Piece of and very shit. Sad. And I was I, I, I was telling H. my I was kidding. telling my wife about this, Craig, and I know you got to give it a Greg and a grade, and I'm sorry. Um, and I was trying to tell her like he was he was the Frankensteiner. He was the one who renamed her Karate. He was all such a different. He was a different person. And and I and I and I showed her some videos on YouTube of of him doing the Frankensteiner. She's like, oh my god. I'm like, yeah. I'm not talking about from the top rope and bringing someone down, like standing formation in the middle of the ring. He could Frankensteiner your ass. And he was 280 pounds doing it. And she's like, oh, my God. I'm like, and this is what we see today. Remember that video that we saw of him in like 87 when he did the fucking 450 splash in that independent promotion? And we're like, what the fuck? Like, Scott Steiner was doing a 450 splash in fucking 1987. Like, I cannot. I'm more mad at Triple H. Can you just be real about that? You said 1987, and this is 2003. Yeah. It's fucking crazy, and he was even. What close. do you? What do you? What do you? He could barely butterfly Steiner. suplex somebody here. Yeah, and he was doing a nice amount of suplexes. I'm sorry, Craig. What do you? It was uh, Steiner's choice to make his body like that. I mean, he could have cut yeah, down. Fair. He could have tried to. Um, don't hey, pretend you're something you're not. I mean, I, this, the biceps this, were amazing. This was a D. Um, I mean, I love Steiner. He's a completely revolutionary guy. Tag team wrestler, one of the greatest tag teams. We, of all we time. do if need to do either a, le- a legacy on Scott Steiner because he deserves it. Uh, oh, he yeah. really does. Because um, we've already done an episode on the Steiner brothers, which I loved. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But um, but I, we should talk about his singles career, and I mean that in a good way. I'm more yeah. pissed that the decisions made here was fucking poor. They were just yeah. all poor. It's not his fault. Again, it's he was not also your fault. he was also a guy that didn't give a shit. Like towards the end, like legit, like on that me, fringe right? of he didn't pay. Of, he didn't play realism. He didn't do anything like that. He just excelled on his own ability, and maybe this was just the peak, and it was too much for him. Like this was the point when you. I don't think he was ever this level, Craig. I'm going to be honest with you. You know, he was world champion in WCW during its dying days, and I think that. When he first became Big Papa Pump, I think that was the time to try to harness him. Um, but there was no good leadership in WCW management that could harness him and make him do what. And he, he even always said about his experience in WWF when he went there in 93 with his brother and they were tag team. He actually preferred WCW when he got there because most wrestlers breathe a sigh of relief going like, oh, Vince is in control. It's Vince's gimmick. Scott like said. That. Yeah. yeah, Scott said that when I got there, it was totally different. In WCW, they let you come up with your own stuff. But in WWF, Vince had a storyline planned out for you six months in advance. And you were going to follow that 
that that thing yeah. that that and you path. have to make that work with yeah that. and so that scott actually talked the way he talked and whatever shoot interview i read the transcript of he <clears> talked <throat> as if he didn't like that was, and, yeah. and i don't care who you are if you want to be on the mount rushmore you got to be able to carry people like this and this was such a disaster and yep, such a nuclear right. dump uh that's on triple h if you want to be on the top five you got to be able to somehow fucking carry mm. this man actually and Craig, you're right it, that i got way off track with his body that's you're a actually, really fair that point. sums it up that's a very fair point dave move on to the next match because i'm just gonna keep getting angry <laughs> this well, will make us angry. this will make us happy you will, you will not get angry about this match match number five kurt angle versus chris benoit for the WWE title. Boring. I wish. I, <laughs> Dave, I wish that the Triple H and Steiner match went after this. I swear to God, I wish it. Oh, the, just to cool off the for the crowd, Rumble? No, yeah. yeah it it would have been 10 times match. worse than it. It would have been yeah. 10 times worse. The crowd probably would have actually started chanting boring and shit on the match the way the match should have been shit on. They were actually in the best position before because I, I wish it was after this match, because my goodness, go on, go on about this match. Just I, I can't on. even, I, I didn't take too many notes because I, I'm incredibly biased. However, there's an angle match. You all know why. Shut up. Here's what, seeing Benoit is still weird. It's sure. weird. Of course. Um, why? What happened? Angle is ejected and we go to work. <laughs> I don't know why. What happened? I don't know why. Um, <laughs> and but the but the best thing about this match, I don't have to talk about. God damn it! I, there's so many things theme song. The theme song wasn't good. It was the first. Yeah, it was weird. Yeah, I don't know what happened. Um, but what I'll tell you is, Team Angle is ejected, and that's the best thing that can possibly happen here because it's simply Benoit and Angle mono y mono going to work, and it's a fucking masterpiece. I. The only thing that I don't have any notes beyond that, it's an A+. I don't care what any of you say, and you can't convince me in any other fashion that it's not. It's an A+. And towards the end, when Angle is constantly putting Benoit in the angle lock and Benoit is fighting him off, and Angle keeps pulling him to the center of the ring, and it's just so real, and he finally clamps down and slams him to the bottom of the ring, you know, ass on the mat, and I'm pulling your ankle apart and Benoit finally taps. It's almost like two minutes of a submission hold and it's so real to me and you don't even take into account everything they do in between that, which you guys can talk about all you want. I didn't even didn't even take notes on that. And I'm telling you, Kurt Angle, Chris Benoit is it's gold, man. It's It's some of the best wrestling you'll ever see. You could argue it could be match of the year. I know no one is probably going to put. Was it? it? What was match of the year this year? Does anyone know? Uh, That's I a don't fair remember. question. You just keep talking. I can look it up, but this this could be in the running. Is all I'm saying. But it it doesn't fall on a WrestleMania, so it probably doesn't. This was an incredible match. It's so good, and Christian Benoit gets a standing ovation after the match because people respect Benoit that much at this time in 2003. This whole incredible title defense by the way it wasn't even like a title win at Royal Rumble and I'm telling you this is this is pure art when it comes to mat work submission work storyline they 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 made it happen and it didn't need much to make it happen it was just the two of those guys in the middle of the, the match Sorry. of the year in 2003 was Kurt Angle versus Brock Lesnar their Iron Man match on Smackdown Oh, okay. Yeah. Kurt Angle fit in there somehow. Go ahead, Dave. Sorry. 
No, no, I'm good. That, that A plus. I'm good. I'm, I'm, I've overspoken at this point because I gush over. So A, yeah. So Kurt Angle was the defending WWE champion. Chris Benoit was yep. the challenger. This match went 17 minutes, 18 seconds, 18 seconds longer than the first pile of shit. And I and wanted it to gone longer. And I wanted to see it for another 17, 18 minutes. And I re- now that Dave, you were talking, I was thinking. They should have marched Triple H and Steiner to the fucking ring to sit down and watch this match. Because <laughs> this is what a this good is match a world looks title like. Match. Oh my. Yeah. yeah, there's yeah. nothing else to give this match but an A plus. There's nothing else oh, I to love give it. this I love match. For that, this is it. like one of the best matches I've ever seen. It's a, one of the best <laughs> matches any of you will ever see listening to this or anything like that. Mm. Go back and watch this match. It's not even their only great match. Every fucking match they had. Like was fantastic. But they, I want to say they had a ladder match. They've had other matches before, and they were all equally as holy shitness. Hmm. Um, this match was fucking great. And, like, and and where they where they come from, just two completely different backgrounds to be able to produce like this and produce. It just shows. Like I mean, Chris Benoit was always that good, but it also shows how amazing Kurt Angle is, and and he deserves to be in the top five greatest wrestlers of all time. And I, it, oh, people, that's my people man. Are, people are stupid that don't say that he is. It's just dumb. Um, I'm waiting like, for you to say he's on the monument or the top. It's ridiculous. Board. He could you very well be. I mean, depending on it's so hard to put someone on the monument, but I mean, like, you know, because you only have five choices, right? But um four. Four choices, sorry. I'm, fucking, I'm not good at history. Um, I'm good at wrestling history. But um but uh Fair. yeah, I just um it's ridiculous. Like there's this match is nothing but an A plus match. You, I can't say it, it, I can't even describe anything, it. You guys, have to you go have watch to watch it. this match. You have to go you and watch it. Watch I can't it. even describe yeah. it. Like All you can all you can say it's yeah a um all you can say is like the reason wrestling is amazing we all know it's scripted we all know it's sports entertainment it's, we all know it's decided backstage and blah blah but both of these guys have an intensity and a passion and a heart for to do the best in whatever they do I swear if Kurt Angle came up in like in gyms and in fucking um national guard armories he would have like in 10 years later or something he'd still ha- he'd have dvds worth of the greatest fucking matches in ring of honor or like w- what have you like sure. um the the intent like when when benoit walks over to angle and team and I, I i frankly i wish team angle had never walked out with angle to this match i almost didn't like that just oh, let gotcha. them two be That's by fair. themselves. Let Benoit walk up to him. And basically what happened was Benoit on his entrance walks up to Team Angle. They hold him back and the ref like bans Team Angle from yeah. ringside, which you didn't need. Just fucking let Angle come back by himself or push Team Angle away. Let Benoit come in and then let, let, let them, them go walk out the curtain it. and send them back, right? Because yeah. exactly. Because every single thing they did at this point was gold. Like there was busted noses accidentally. Uh, I'm sure they apologized backstage, or maybe they did. Maybe this is just how these guys rolled, and I believe and forever rolled. I yes. believe they didn't apologize; they just hugged no. Because they I think you're like, absolutely right. They like, probably Angle went back does, and said, "Great shit. job." Yeah, Angle just doesn't give a shit. Fucking magic. Angle and, and prefers it. That might be the greatest ending sequence in 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 wrestling in, in that ten year kind of period. The just that 
ankle lock wow. cross phase ankle lock cross phase like get out so just, it's just a fucking perfect and i don't know why it was you don't know why it was so special like although it was non-stop and and, and hard hitting and and that kind of thing it, it just was a master class in what realism and what you want to go for when you're two wrestlers you have something to fight for and you're trying to sell the crowd into something so real and so special it was just a fucking mat classic. I wonder um, what, and I wanted a camera in the back, so when they both went to the back after the match, I wanted to see what Triple H oh, said to both of them. I wanted him to be like, well, you know, <laughs> I mean, good match. You, you guys were shooting for a good match, so I guess that's what you got. So, But we were doing something different, so, I mean, for what you did, yeah, yeah thumbs up, good for SmackDown. Yeah, fuck uh, you. So fuck yeah. Or, 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 or if Triple could H you, at that could point... You just say, could you just say that they they took the show and... Triple H said, "Wow, you guys, you guys got us, David. I don't, I don't like that. I don't like what you said right there. You said a bunch of words, and like they didn't yeah, really I don't, to me. and I don't know how that's Triple H with humility that you can't handle. It's, I don't know if Trip has Dave. I don't know if my earpiece is fucked up. I have no idea what you're saying right now. Did you say Triple H and humility in the yeah. same sentence? Is that what you said? In all honesty, Dave, he probably does did. Not he probably what? did walk up to him and say, fantastic. I'm, ser- I'm being all serious." Triple H probably did. I paint him to be probably. He's not a dick. I really don't think he's he a nice dick. guy. Yeah. Oh, he's I, a dick that night. And then the next but, night, he's, he, he, I no, love he, he's next to Vince. He will, yeah, the next, he will flex next his night, ego. he's talking to me. He's like, well, I don't know if they really tore the house down. Like, I they mean, did the. Well, I don't know if it was that. I don't know if you can really trust Benoit. And, and Angle did some things uh, back at the hotel. Like, yeah, Angle did the hotel. He went to sleep at seven. That's weird. weird. You do whatever you can do to keep your spot. I don't know whether Triple H was above. And we're all we're speculating at this point. Of course we are. We're all just little bitches that have. uh, Hey, the title says just opinions, bro. Just yeah, that's true. That's true. All right, next match, Dave. (laughs) This match is a god. Oh, next match is the Royal Rumble, Jess. Oh my! (laughs) Five. Whoa! This Royal Rumble. After all that, we have a Royal Rumble match. It's Royal Rumble. Oh my god. 53 minutes and 47 seconds, not the longest Royal Rumble. But uh-huh. uh, I have to say, by the whole, I mean, if you if you take this whole pay-per-view, it's probably one of the best Royal Rumble pay-per-views ever. And um, I would say this is probably one of the best Rumble matches I've ever seen, too, to be honest. Like, I really like this Rumble match a lot. I, and I didn't take crazy notes on this. The one thing that I really thought was fun was, in the very beginning, oh, we're expecting, we know Jericho's coming in at number Two and Shawn Michaels is number one, but uh, there was a little trickery. And, and they the would game. go on to have a match at WrestleMania 19, so they were starting their feud here. Um, yeah, but we yeah, I love Christian, that trickery. Michaels gets in. Yeah, we there. have Christian imitating yeah. Jericho. Chris Jericho, and Jericho comes over behind and takes advantage of Shawn Michaels and pummels him. Submissions for the intercontinental. Where the hell did Jericho come from? The undisputed champion has got nine to be eliminated in the Royal Rumble, and that's to go over the top rope and emulate Shawn Michaels, but you'd never know it from busted open. Throughout the entire, first I was going to say I love that. I thought the yeah, it's so creative to do that because you know you yeah. normally just see number one, number two go in there, and then the announcers go off about how what a disadvantage they're at, blah blah blah. And one yeah. year Shawn Michaels did so, so, but this time they they did a whole like yeah Jericho 
uh, Christian came out to Jericho's music and turned his back yep. and put his arms out like Jericho did. And then so, of course, Shawn Michaels is facing him going like, turn around, motherfucker. Come on down the aisle. Let's go. And then uh, Jericho jumped in from behind and took him outside. So they started the Rumble off in a very different yeah. tone than they had previous Rumbles, which I really liked. Who who blades in the first minute and a half? And then Christopher Nowinski is number three, comes in and then stops and says, finish it. Like, see, so he doesn't come in and... and like that's that hard ruins it. Like that's kind of a cool kind of no, way. Yeah, hard like, education. I want to get involved with this. But to your point, they need to take care of this. And Jericho does throw him out, but that does not finish um, the story at all between those two in the Royal Rumble. What I'm did you? Uh, what grade did you give it, Dave? The Royal Rumble. Yeah, the whole Rumble. Oh, not the, the pay per view, the match, the match. Yeah, the match, the, the match itself on the Royal Rumble. I'm. I, I think it's a. I think it's a B plus to A minus. I. I was never bored throughout the entire time of the Rumble. Um, the storyline of Jericho and Sean was great. We had um, what? What did I say? There's a, there was a lot of cool stuff in this Rumble, dude. Well, you've what, got Ray. You've got Jericho. Last team got Return of Undertaker. You have Batista well, was, coming was, in. You've got it, um, so much shit. There was somebody that I, I said should have won the Royal Rumble, and you guys were like, "Give me a ton of shit," and I can't remember who it was. You said Rosie, you know. I think, right? Rosie? No, not Rosie. Um, <laughs> Oh God! Oh, what did you say? Rosie said on the way out. Oh, that's right. I, I said. I said. Did Rosie say row? Yeah, <laughs> like Scooby Doo action yeah. uh, when he was pummeling on somebody, and then um, uh, train, a train, a train. I said should have won the Royal Rumble. And you guys are giving me shit. I'm like a train dominates the Royal Rumble in a way that only Heyman can make him do, in my opinion, and. I know he wasn't going to win, but I was rooting for A-Train, even though I already knew what the results were going to be. Yeah. He did great in the Royal Rumble, where normally that guy would get just kind of passed off. Like, oh, he's he's. I, he's I've always thought that I loved uh, Heyman's writing with A-Train. And when him and Big Show were like a kind of a, a duo going after Lesnar, I enjoyed oh, it was that. amazing book. writing. But uh, yeah, we they, they so they switched it on us. Lesnar actually ended up being number 29. That's and right. And The Undertaker, the returning Undertaker, came back at number uh, uh-huh. 30. Um, and it was cool. We didn't even say that Lesnar wins the damn thing. So he gets the shot at Kurt Angle at WrestleMania 19. And uh, it was cool. The Undertaker kind of got eliminated last with Lesnar and kind of let Lesnar go over. Um, uh, somebody what somebody should do versus what Triple H did not do. That's My it. pick Whoa. was Maven, and he didn't go through. Can I say when Maven came into the ring, I thought he was going to be eliminated immediately, and he was in there for like twenty minutes. Yeah, and I, <laughs> I like, uh, my grade, I still here. I gave it a B plus, like Dave. Uh, I thought it was one of B the B plus to A minus. Yeah, it, it, it's a great rumble. You, you really got to go back and watch it. And there's some great moments. Um, just just watch A Train chokes on the shit out of like eighteen people throughout the rumble, and, and you'll enjoy that. And, Craig, you, and there's better stuff on top of it. Yeah, what did you think, Greg? I give it a B. It was a fun little story. Rumbles are always good when 
there's a lot of mini stories involved in the in the in the middle of it. You always have the guy that lasts longer than he should have, and the survivor, and the big man with something to prove. And you have like the little guys and other little starting views. I mean, it's truly the beginning of the road to WrestleMania, and it sets the pace for the next three months or what what have you to get to the big show, and with the grand prize at the very end. Um, being a match at WrestleMania, like Pat Patterson Sean coming back in, Craig to pummel Jericho and throw him out and create, you know, those matches for the next three months too. Yeah, it it's truly Pat Patterson's fucking what an amazing creation oh in, in the ring and the season. Oh my god, this oh my guy, god, the Rumble Royal. So many things you can do in this. This fucking you know who talking about you? Nobody. <laughs> um, That's. So I, I give the whole like pay per view a an A. Yeah, like even though yeah. I gave two D's in there, I think overall, yes, it's it's, they, it's worth they, suffering. It overwhelms through. it overwhelms the rest of it. Yeah, it's worth suffering through the Triple H pile of shit in there and Steiner uh, to go well, through everything else. Can could you could you I again angle angle waiting this on my end, but could you argue that's a WrestleMania match? That's oh, a WrestleMania easily. match. Oh, fuck yeah. They could have easily. It's not even close, right? Like, why? I, yeah. I, I don't think they knew what they had when they booked that match at Royal Rumble, how good that could have been if they would have built that properly, which is why Benoit gets the title just a few years later, right? So the next year and one year later. Oh, yeah. And continues and can to argue fucking reign in wrestling today. Benoit's still champ now. Oh, my God. But her, what are we her. doing here? <laughs> You can you can edit that out anytime you want. Oh, for audio fans, give us a listen to Apple Spotify. He's going to the Hall of Fame no? podcast. <laughs> he better be. Or watch our videos on YouTube at Our Wrestling Channel. On social media, can you do us I'm a sorry. solid? Give us a follow on Instagram or Twitter. They don't like it when I do that. OWB2019 or at Facebook slash Meta at Our Wrestling Podcast. Okay. Edit, edit, edit. This is Dave, <laughs> Justin, Craig with the OWP signing off. Y'all have a good one.